Welcome to the Shift Daily Podcast. I'm Shane Hewitt. It's a daily bite-sized morsel of our four-hour middle-of-the-night program. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the show and share with anyone you like. Get it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and CuriousCast.ca. The Shift Daily Podcast starts right now. Uh, Let's start here uh, with, um, are you okay? Are you okay with full bars on the moon, but not in your kitchen? Uh... I'll, yeah, I don't know. I'll, in terms of my my bars, I'll just keep going to the ones on Earth. All right. <laughs> <laughs> like bars, as in you don't get to ask like, questions, Jason. Hey, I asked questions. Oh, like so, like reception, right? Like cell phone reception or internet or whatever. Are you okay with full bars on the moon, but not in your kitchen? Uh, sure. Um, I'm not going to the moon anytime, but for anybody that, um, is going to go there, I want them to at least be able to check their email. Well, clearly and get text messages and Snapchat updates. Am I right, Jason? Yes, for sure. You got to check the gram, the Instagram, the, the, the Twitter, the, uh, Tiki talk and, uh, and all your stuff. And, and, uh, you know, if I was on the moon, I'd, I'd always want to, you know, update my social media. So, I mean, yeah, for sure. I, I want to bars on the moon. All right, NASA is announcing plans to establish a 4G network on the moon as part of the agency's goal to build a lunar base and eventually sustain human presence there. Because clearly, the only way humans can sustain a presence anywhere is if they've got cell service. Nokia's Bell Labs was given a $14 million grant to help with the project of putting cell service on the moon. This is from the Strait Times with a report. Nokia is set to boldly go where no mobile network has gone before. NASA has picked the Finnish telecoms firm to build the first system on the moon. It's part of the space agency's plan to return humans to the Earth satellite by 2024, as shown in NASA videos. The plan is to start building long-term settlements there under its Artemis program. Nokia says it will have a wireless broadband system up and running on the moon in late 2022, ahead of any astronaut arrivals. It will partner with Texas-based Intuitive Machines to get its equipment there. After delivery, the network will set itself up automatically. Among other things, Nokia says it will enable colonists to navigate, control lunar rovers and stream high-definition video. In the airless emptiness of the moon, astronauts hopefully won't struggle to get a good signal. <laughs> Dry <laughs> delivery on the joke there. <laughs> won't struggle to get a good signal. Yeah, I mean, it's not enough to just uh, explore the, the planet anymore, explore the moon. You know, you got to be able to, to, you know, video it and selfie it and, yeah, do stupid little videos. Mm. Stupid little videos. That's good. Little boomerangs. Um, 877-399-9898. Your calls, your text messages. Are you okay? Are you okay with squirrels in your house? Aww. Um, Fuzzy little nut-loving squirrels. As long as I don't try and steal my nuts, I'm okay. Oh, dear. Really? I would I would go the other way. I would say no, because as cute as squirrels are, you know, they're still um, 
technically, you know, wild animals. So they could make a really big mess in your uh, house. So yeah, I, they're an outsider. I'm, I'm, it's gonna be no for me. If if you could give a squirrel a bath, sure. Imagine a squirrel with a good conditioner. How good they'd look! Be amazing. So fluffy, um, fluffy. <laughs> um, the Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission concluded after a 19-month investigation uh, this week into a flying squirrel trafficking ring. Flying squirrel trafficking ring. <laughs> Did you ever think you'd have to read that in your career, Shane? Never. Flying squirrel trafficking ring out of Florida. <sighs> Here is CNBC's Shepard Smith with the story. Cops in Florida say they busted an international trafficking ring, and the contraband is <laughs> pretty cute. Look at this little flying squirrels in Florida because Florida. Wildlife officials say a suspected gang of poachers trapped a million dollars worth of these tiny, furry, legally protected rodents, more than 3,000 of the little guys. Investigators say buyers came all the way from South Korea to pick them up as pets and that smugglers drove the flying squirrels to Chicago and Atlanta so that they could be shipped off to Asia. Seven suspects now face felony charges. No... Are you okay with not only a squirrel, but a flying squirrel inside your house? Don't hear it anymore. Um, that's amazing. The best squirrel scene ever. <laughs> Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas. National Lampoon's um, Christmas Vacation is the best squirrel clip of all the squirrel clips. Just saying. Squirrel! Can, can I just say this? So, in the clip, they say um, they were shipping it to South Korea. I think I mentioned before on the show in an Are You OK segment uh, with how BTS spends their money. BTS spends their money on exotic, on exotic pets. One of them has a flying squirrel, and I'm not trying to make any connections here. But maybe these guys were trying to sell it to people like the uh, band members of BTS because they pay a lot of money for that type of stuff. Yeah. So, you know, I'm not trying you, to make a connection there. But You feeling disappointed right now that your, your boy band? And let's, and let's be clear that the word band is generous. <laughs> your heroes. Um, are, are dealing in smuggled illegal flying squirrels out of Florida? Yeah, they may be um, purchasing illegal, uh, illegal pets here. So... Uh, I'm going to pull a percent away from my BTS stock and I'm, uh, you know, just tuck that into my pocket. Maybe I might put that somewhere else, but I'm going to take a percent away, but I still love them. Go oh, yeah. BTS. You'll still love them forever and ever. I now imagine that there's going to be a whole new market of like rear view mirror, dangly, stuffy flying squirrels with BTS on the side. <laughs> As you drive the corner, the squirrel would like tip a little bit. Flying squirrel. Oh, man, that would be super tacky, but, I mean, I could try it. <laughs> yeah, he would do it. Okay. Um, are you okay? <sighs> okay, I get myself ready for this one, because this, be this could be the last thing I do on the radio. All right. Are you okay? Oh, man. Come on, you can do it. 
are you okay with Zoom election rehearsals? Election rehearsals. Election with an L. In theory, I'm okay with them when they're PG and everything goes as planned. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Why wouldn't you have a problem with uh, Zoom uh, Zoom election uh, rehearsals? There, so I, yeah. There, there shouldn't be a problem, right? Shouldn't right? Shouldn't, shouldn't be a problem with Zoom election la 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 elections rehearsals. Uh, there's a guy who's been on T- TV for a really long time. He's been on CNN for a really long time. And um, I almost feel bad doing this. But it's a good lesson for everyone else to learn. If everyone else is going through this too. Here's the story. Jeffrey Tubin was suspended from The New Yorker, which is a, a, a publication that he writes for for masturbating on a Zoom call. The story was first reported by Vice, and this audio is from KTLA 5's Sam Rubin. Consider the case of Jeffrey Tubin, a deeply respected writer and television commentator who until yesterday served regularly as the on-air chief justice correspondent for CNN. What really uh, amazes me is the John Thunes, the Susan Collins, who say, the president has learned his lesson. Yeah. <laughs> no, he has not. No, he has not. He is going to do this again. He, want, he, he said he will do it again. And the idea that there Let's is see. some chastening here is absurd. Tubin has been a fixture on CNN for decades. And this story shows how he remained firmly placed among the media elite. Imagine this, a top-tier Zoom call. People on the call, some of the biggest writers from the most respected magazine in the country. Uh, Tubin is on a call with colleagues from The New Yorker who are playing some... Rich De Niro was on there? No, no, these are just... This is our generic Zoom. Our Zoom video. Uh, His kids were on? Some special election coverage uh, along with not only folks from The New Yorker, from uh, New York City's premier public radio station, uh, WNYC, all told about 20 people are on the Zoom call. There's some breakout rooms. Speaking of breaking out, according to press reports, at some point... Tubin engages in an intimate act of self-gratification, seemingly unaware that a Zoom camera is on. For his part, Tubin calls the incident an embarrassing and stupid mistake. New Yorker has suspended the longtime writer. Tubin himself asked to be taken off the air at CNN while he deals with a, quote, personal issue. All say, what happens to Tubin now? His best-selling book about the O.J. Simpson trial, the run of his life, was the basis for the star-studded FX movie, Tubin had other books in development for Hollywood productions. And as you can imagine, this has received huge headlines all around the world. And the question many people are asking, especially in this climate, can Tubin's career survive? It is one of the fastest and furthest falls one can possibly imagine. So will this staple of the media, both in print and broadcast, vanish forever? Or is there some path back? It's impossible to rank these things. There's another CNN colleague who had a deeply embarrassing and public scandal who reestablished his career and is on the air today. For their part, The New Yorker says they're conducting a complete investigation, but the whole thing, scary and sad for the many, myself among them, who really admired Jeffrey Tubin. Uh, it's all there, folks. Oh, okay. So we're going to talk about this like big boys here. At least we're going to try. 
Um, Trucker Dan has a very good point and cannot escape the irony that his last name was Tubin. <laughs> um, Eight seven seven three nine nine ninety eight ninety eight. Have you ever walked in on somebody who was looking for a little privacy and thought um, um, that they had privacy, but they didn't? Window was open, something like that. Right, it happens. You know, every teenage boy's nightmare. Mom walks in. So let's not talk about this from the place because I like Jeffrey Tubin on the TV. Um. So I like. Let's hope that this this is just a, a human doing things that most humans do, usually in the privacy of their own thing. Um, this is why, by the way, Apple products are the best because they have a green light when your camera's on. Just saying, worth investing in for that. For that, <laughs> yeah. That or, or you can just you know make sure that your camera is off. Well, set your alarm for 15 minutes earlier and get up before your meeting and do what you need to do. Like, you, yeah. you don't need to do it. This is not work from home. <laughs> um, you know. <laughs> he sure was working from home. But, you know, like, it, he shouldn't have to, like, take a break from his job, you know? He was only doing what, what was right and natural. And, you know, it's a very... He's doing, what people, he's doing what people do. The mistake was it probably shouldn't happen at his desk. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's not the most romantic location, I guess. No, and he's he's married, he's got kids, so he's got to deal with his family and the embarrassment that comes with this whole thing. Um, I know a story of a guy who was at a conference, and you know how some hotels have like an atrium in the middle? And, um, and there was an atrium, and then there was the curtains were almost closed, but through a mirror on the wall of the hotel room, uh, he was in his alone moment and doing his thing, but there happened to be other people from the conference in the atrium. And it just, that must be a dreadful experience uh, for the person. And, um, and, uh, and it's, it's like, these are humans being humans. But the question that I have that I really want to know is that, are you, have you ever been interrupted or know of stories where somebody uh, surprised you, uh, in that, walking in on your parents, stuff like that. Um, you know, have you ever uh, been interrupted uh, in your personal time, a la the Zoom call or the stories of the getting caught on Zoom calls with your camera on and your computer when you don't uh, really, really know? Um, uh, one text says, um, caught by everybody. Uh, every roommate I've ever lived with in my life, full disclosure, uh, it's happened to me, both parents. And a roommate, I caught an eyefall walking into the room unannounced and unexpected. Know what I mean? Uh, so let's go to Brian, uh, who's trucking through Alberta. How's it going, Brian? Uh, not too bad. How about yourself? Good, thanks. We need to be quick for time here, Brian, just because we got to get into Dave Scott. We got a time deadline. So oh, okay, okay, okay. So I, I, I was a brand new trucker. I was driving in the city, and I was stopped off at this railway crossing. And uh, this guy was next to me on the driver's side and there was the train was it was a long train and he really liked trains and uh i glanced over to him and it was summertime i had all my windows down and had no ac i looked over him and he he had himself out and about and he was really enjoying his free love and i i was trapped i couldn't move i had traffic behind me and i was stuck 
I turned my back to him and I cut my ears and yelled, la, 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 hoping, like, like, please, let's, let's uh, end this quick. I, get, I just got to go. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, my God. <laughs> so it was in the moment, Brian, where you're like, you don't want to see it anymore, but you also don't want to embarrass the person. Like, let them, you know, do what they're doing in peace and let it be because they don't need to I, know that you saw that. Yeah, I, I, I thought, okay, like, was that his thing? Did he really like that? Uh, like, was it the train that he really liked or the fact that a trucker was, watched, was right there and could potentially oh, yeah. watch him? I don't know. I just, yeah. I, it kind of creeped me out, and I just wanted to get out of there. All right. Uh, that's amazing. Thank you for the phone call, Brian. I appreciate it. Drive safe, my friend. Later. Let's hope you don't get stuck behind any trains today. 877-399-9898. Especially those sexy Canadian Pacific cars. Oh, man, those nice new red ones. They look good. This is the Shift Daily Podcast. All right, at this time of night, on this uh, kind of night, we tend to uh, talk about weird and strange things. And uh, Dave Scott with Spaced Out Radio is our guest as we um, we connect with Dave. And find out what's happening. Normally, this is where we tune in, and Dave's promoing something. So, no, so. no, I, I'm done. I, I actually ended early because I felt bad. Oh, did you? Um, I did. Uh, so next week on the show, I want to hook this. Um, I want to talk yes. to you. I've been watching the Secrets of Skinwalker Ranch on on the TV. Yes, and um, that, that I have questions. So let's okay. plant that seed now um, for next okay. week's conversation. Yes, and and invite everybody in the meantime to maybe watch the show. It's on Netflix, um, and it's really great. It's actually a very well put together show and entertaining, if nothing else. And uh, the notions and ideas that they share in that show are very good too. Um, yeah. So how are you doing, Dave? Good. Let's go down to Skinwalker Ranch. The minute the border opens up, let's mm. go. Yeah, I'm you think so. Let's go. Yeah, Mer- Mer- Merle's down too. Let's, right, just, cool. let's just hop in the vehicle. We'll play some Beach Boys on the way down. And we'll rent a convertible, maybe a, ABBA. some ABBA too. Yes. Okay. Well, I might take my own car um, if those are your musical choices. But um, I'll drive in a caravan with you. <laughs> Absolutely. Let's do this. All right. Let's introduce this. us to Merle here, Dave Scott. Who do you got there? From the Paranormal Road Trippers, based out of Langley, British Columbia, I have my good buddy Mike Morin. I call him Merle. And uh, Merle here is a paranormal investigator. He's been uh, around the scene for a while. It has investigated all over the province of British Columbia, into Washington State, and into the state of Oregon as well. And a couple of years ago, all right, he almost died on a paranormal experience. And it was all the cause of a haunted doll named Mandy, who is from the Quinell British Columbia Museum. Now, if if you want, uh, Merle's right here. He's got his own microphone. You can fire some questions off to him. Why dolls, Merle? Why is it dolls are always the scariest, freakiest of all the things? Before we went to our investigation, I so when before we investigated Manny the doll, I was extremely skeptic of haunted objects, haunted possessions. You see them in the movies. You see Annabelle and all that sort of stuff. But the folklore on Mandy is she's a German death doll. One of the stories is she was found in an abandoned house. One of the other stories was she was donated from someone to the museum. Um, Staff say that the 
glass cases she's in, the door opens, you, you can hear babies making noises, which would be Mandy the Haunted Doll, which is a baby, um, footsteps running around the museum. Um, so our paranormal team at the time was like, hey, let's go talk to Mandy. So we do. We go up there and we set up. And the doll was wigging me out when we were there. And I normally don't get like that with dolls. I'll find them creepy, but that's about it. But there's something about this doll that we were drawn to. One of our investigators at the time, he uh, was staring at the doll, and we couldn't break his concentration. He was doing it for about 10, 20 minutes, and we were yelling his name. We were shaking him. We were snapping abrasively around his face to get him out of his trance. And all of a sudden, he came out of it himself, but then he ran outside and got sick all over the parking lot. And he's like, I don't know what happened, man. I don't know what happened. And we're like, wow, that's it's freaky, this doll. This doll, this doll means business. So me, I'm like, this is a doll. But before we investigate, I'm like, I got to go to my truck to grab I wanted my snacks. I had a snack and a drink I wanted to have before we start because it was going to be a long night. And so the last thing I remember was when I was going outside, I was opening my truck door. The last thing I remember. And then all of a sudden, I woke up out of, I guess, the trance for me was my team members coming out to stop me from walking onto Highway 1. I was walking right towards the highway. And there was traffic going on. Absolutely. Now, how freaky is that? Well, it's interesting to to kind of look at it from the two perspectives of A, the trance, and B, the catatonic member of the team who sort of just gets frozen in time there. Because there's two different things going on, eh? 100%. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the fact that they were able to shake him out, like you got between what, 10, 20 feet of stepping onto the highway before you got grabbed? Yeah. That's about right. What do you recall? Do you like? Did you like sort of air quotes wake up on the highway and go, "Whoa, what's happening?" Or were you sort of on the sidelines watching this happen? No, I I, I don't remember. It's like I got knocked out. That would be the same sensation. I uh, I woke up to one of our team medium yelling at my face, "What the f are you doing?" Huh. And I was like, "I don't know." Well, here I am. I just wanted my snack. And then uh, cut me some slack. Yeah, I uh, th- th- we took a break and we just did the investigation. Well, help us understand because you said we got there, we set up. So, what does that look like when you get there and you're? I mean, here you are, you're walking into a small town museum. Uh, there's this uh, creepy ass doll, and you said, you know, we were going in there, we're getting ourselves set up. So, what does this kind of thing look like? So, when we set up for an investigation of scale like that, we have multiple infrared cameras, we have multiple full spectrum cameras. So we set a lot of static cameras up because we want to capture anything that can happen in or around the doll. So we had two cameras facing Mandy the doll. Then we had, I think, two or three others in different areas of the museum. All basically started recording at the same time. But we're also running multiple audio recorders. And before we started our investigation or focusing our attention on Mandy, we have multiple devices like a Melmeter and a K2, which detects electromagnetic frequency and whatnot, because we're doing um, baseline readings on the entire museum where we're looking for 
Are there spikes in the electromagnetic energy? Are there temperature spikes? Are there pressure spikes? So we're doing all this sort of stuff in anticipation just to investigate this doll. It's like a big operation. Yeah, it sounds like there's an awful lot going on. Um, uh, I'm glad that I've watched this Skinwalker Ranch uh, special, frankly, because they use similar technologies that you speak of. So I feel like it helps me see the kind of things that would go on in this scenario. Okay, so you get there, you set up, you've got a catatonic team member. uh, You're going for a stroll through traffic that you don't remember. Um, and then when you got into the investigation, did the cameras catch anything beyond the influence of behavior or was it, that was the core of it? So what came next? No. So our cameras didn't catch much. So when we were doing our investigation, but what the the weird, this is weird. I call it weird. Other people call it coincidental, but it is the paranormal field. Um, we left our static cameras rolling when we left for the night. And within five minutes of us leaving, because you hear, like, you can hear the audio rolling when we leave the museum for the night. And uh, the alarm's all armed. Um, we hear kind of the little bit of shuffling, and then both cameras just go off. Like, dead. Really? So, we don't have any evidence past that. But we did have audio rolling for the night where we do hear discrepancies throughout the night, but we can't confirm if it's paranormal or not or if it's the building settling or if it's whatever around the building Mm -hmm. but we just found it really weird about the shuffling and then the cameras essentially turning off building settling you just made me think of a, a time when i was a kid i was probably seven or eight and there was nothing ever that I recall ever happening in that house where I lived in. It was in Port Alberni. But the um, I just remember there was a big groan in the house. And I remember uh, saying to uh, my mom, what was that sound? And she's like, oh, it's probably just the house settling. Um, but it didn't sound like that. It's, it was this big, growly, bubbly thing. And now that I think backwards on that, um, it sort of rings bells. Is that why conversation around this stuff is so important because of these strange things that happen to normal people that don't realize might have been strange? I think so. In a lot of society, they don't believe in the paranormal or ghosts. They think it's weird. And growing up, when I would hear weird things at like my grandparents' house or other people's houses in the prairies, like family members that live in 100-year-old houses, hearing the growling, what sounds like growling or footsteps, they automatically say, oh, it's a car driving by. Oh, it's, it's the wind. Oh, it's the house settling. But then as an adult looking back on those conversations I've had with those people, there was no wind. And how does a car make a growl in the house? Mm-hmm. It's the kind of lines they feed on children, I guess. Well, there, there is some brain stuff that happens where your brain just it needs to fill in the hole with something. And we've always had things in our lives, our regular relationships and lives where we don't have the info and we, our brain kicks in and fills in the info with a story from the past or an idea, or maybe this. And we speculate, you know, we've always had, everyone's always had a, a relationship or partner where they were unsure about their intention or behavior. And you fill it in saying, Oh, well, you know, I'm sure it's just this. So it's actually a brain thing that happens to all humans. When we don't understand what's going on, we fill it with a story or a maybe. Um, and I can see how that would really influence some of these, well, paranormal experiences that people are just, they can't explain it. Their brain kicks in. 
without them realizing it and says, oh, yeah, probably just this. Um, so they're not scared or whatever, just like mitigating fear. Um, that To me, that takes me to like hypnosis. Would hypnosis be a, a, a great way for people to, or is it used tactically in your world to find out stories about like Mandy the doll and what people have gone through? Hypnosis is usually used more so for people who have had alien abduction or alleged alien abduction. When it comes to the paranormal, it, it's more, if you want to go down an intuitive side, you would, you'd bring in a, a qualified psychic medium to kind of come in. And, and for most uh, ghost teams out there, they, they bring in the psychic medium cold. So before they even go in, the psychic medium will go in, do a tour of everything, and they'll kind of either say aloud to the team what they found or they'll keep everything quiet until the team has their own evidence. So while the team is out there, they're writing down everything or, or recording everything that they have found. So it's a little bit different on that end, but still quite quite useful in both ways. So in Mandy the Doll, you guys have piqued my curiosity here. In Mandy the Doll, um, there would be the the notions, at least, of the doll is haunted or a spirit is attached to the doll. Um, there is also the uh, Robert the Doll out of Asheville. We have a texter asking about that name, Bill. Um, and so that would be more voodoo curse sort of belief system related. Um, is, there, is there any common threads that you hear these different stories of these dolls from around the world? Absolutely. For Mandy and Robert the Doll, the key is ask permission to take pictures. Never just go up there with your iPhone and take a picture without asking permission because the rule of thumb is they will curse you, and that is not good. So, so for instance, with Robert the Doll especially, because he's more popular in Florida, they lit at the museum literally have a wall of hundreds of letters of people who thought it was a complete joke to take their photograph with him without asking permission. And all of a sudden, it was like this black cloud came right over top of their lives. There's letters of people saying, I never argued with my spouse. We're now getting a divorce. I w after I left, I, I broke my arm, tripping down the stairs, got in a car accident, lost my job. There is all of these things. Please, Robert, forgive me for taking your photo. And they send the photo back. Hmm. And then uh, as soon as that photo gets back, it's like the curse is lifted off that person. And the same thing is alleged with Mandy as well. Now, the funny part about the museum up there with her in Quinnell is the fact that they get weekly, weekly, they get these psychic mediums going in there, especially during the tourism season, trying to cleanse the entire museum or send Mandy or whatever is in Mandy back to the spirit world. And they always say they all have success. But Mandy never leaves. Uh, Texter says, um, is the movie Mandy the Doll written about this doll, this Mandy? I've never heard about the movie Mandy the Doll. I don't think so. There's Annabelle the movie. There's Annabelle the movie. And that's about, that's about Annabelle the Doll. But and I haven't more, heard of a Mandy. If you give it a quick Google, um, it looks like it's, it doesn't look like it's like a major high profile thing. But it's um, uh, a young woman named Amber is asked to babysit her neighbor's little girl. Uh, da, 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 da. 
Um, she goes to investigate. To oh discover yeah, strange I'm looking doll. at it right now. Mandy the doll. No, it, it, it's just it's just coincidence. Hmm. But if you do Google Mandy the doll, you'll you'll get a really nice picture of her cracked porcelain face, the little lamb. I believe there's a story about the lamb too. Is there? No, that's with Robert the doll. Robert the doll had a lion that uh, was in a different part of the museum where Robert was, and then one day uh, Robert sleeps in a in a very uh, secure locked uh, enclosure, and one day the museum uh, staff came in to check on Robert as they do every morning, and they found a, a baby lion stuffed animal sitting with him in his locked cage and they checked the video cameras and nobody was in that area all night long. But with Mandy, she has a little lamb with her. And I think the museum staff put that in there just to make sure that uh, she wasn't alone and didn't go off wandering. If you remarkable stories, my Instagram page, the paranormal road trippers, go down to the 12th photo. That's Mandy, the doll. All right. There it is, Paranormal Road Trippers. Thank you, Merle. It's nice to meet you. Michael Merle. You <laughs> uh, and Dave Scott, spacedoutradio.com. Uh, again, Skimwalker Ranch next week. What do you say? Is it good for you? Absolutely. Absolutely. But, but hey, can we quickly give a shout-out to all the Bigfoot people out there because today is the 53rd anniversary of the Patterson-Gimlin film of the the really bad video footage of the Bigfoot walking across the riverbed in Bluff Creek, California. And you know what? Anybody in Bigfoot land wants to learn about it, just come on and check us out, and we'll be able to tell you all about it. Very good. Spacedoutradio.com. Connect with Dave and his buddy Mike Merle, and uh, and uh, it should be fantastic. Thanks so much, guys. Have a fantastic day. Uh, you too, my friend. Thank you for joining us. Once again, we'll talk to you next week. This is the Shift Daily Podcast. Gorgeous. You know, sometimes in life, you um, you see somebody do something, and you 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 realize that that person is either uh, like a real gem or drunk. Could go either way. <laughs> um, in some cases, Eric Andre joins us here on the show. Jason Manalis is with us as well. Uh, Eric, Jason, uh, Jason's a producer of the show. He's a big fan of your stuff. So he does have some questions he wanted to ask you too. Um, Eric Andre has a long history of a lot of things, um, that I, uh, that I just told you about. So we are going to welcome him into the conversation. First of all, I like the hair. Thank you. Um, I, I gotta tell you, Eric, um, the old school hair switched to the shorter new hair. You're a handsome devil either way. But oh, I like, thank you. I, I like dis- the I wild disagree. hair. I do not like the uh, bald look for really? uh, my personal for my personal life. I like it as like an insane character on the show. But no, I look like uh, Vin Diesel, Cory Booker. <laughs> Cory Booker. Oh, that's pretty good. Um, okay, well, where do you want to go, Eric? You got so much going on, man. Um, you, you Your special's on Netflix. That must be pretty awesome to have yep. people... Be like, hey, it's Netflix guy. Uh, yeah. Where before they were like, hey, it's comedy guy. Um, <laughs> you know, so In exactly uh, that voice. That is a spot on impression. That's what they sound like. I know. So <laughs> what, where do you want to go, man? Welcome to the show. We're happy to have you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Um, I, I think just to retirement, I want to just be sitting on Perfect. a beach in Bermuda. Can we talk about your mom? Uh, I would love to. Okay. 
I get the impression that your your mom is like the coolest cat in your life. If I ask you the question, who's the funniest person you know, I'm guessing the answer could quite possibly could be your mom. That might be it might be tough competition because I know a couple fun. I know Chris Rock and he's pretty funny. I would say, well, yeah, but be, he's he might have an edge up on my on my mom. But um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> she is she is funny in her own way and in her own natural way. You uh, you said in your special that you smoked pot with your mom. How cool was that? Uh, it was cool, but a little bit. Um, I'm a little anxious when I smoke, and 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 she found out the hard way. So is she. So uh, <laughs> we switched to wine quickly after. Switched to wine quickly after. Yeah. You um, you've got a lot going on, man. It's been a it's been a hard slog of a decade. Um, how does it feel to be an overnight success that took a decade? <laughs> That's like the Walter Matthau quote where he says, "You only need 50 first breaks." That's, that's how right. I, that's how I feel. You got to prove yourself every time. It's been uh, it's been wicked though, man. You've had a couple of um, you've had a couple of the you know the TV show uh, uh, episodes, you know, two broke girls and all the long list of shows actually. Yes, that's what um, I, that's what I'm most known for. Two is it really when like when you go big, into a restaurant? Big Bang Theory, Hot big in bang. Cleveland, all of my <laughs> yeah. all of my paycheck gigs are. <laughs> yeah, that's where my real fan base comes in. <laughs> it was, so, it's, how different is that then? Because if someone's seen you on Big Bang or or it's a lot uh, more embarrassing that I have to do a bunch more. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I got paid to do that. Okay, that's what you need. <laughs> no, I mean that is it's a lot less work. I just like memorize my line and I stand on a piece of tape. So I stay in focus and then I deliver my lines and then I go home and I cry. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, it's a lot less work, but it's, it's not my, what I set out to do. I, I kind of like, I prefer writing for myself. Yeah. I get more, I'm more fulfilled when that's like, is the stand up show like more the core of where you want to do aside from your show or the stand up show, the air boundary show, show, my show, my stand up, uh, the movie I got coming out on Netflix next year that was supposed to come out this year. Uh, that, that, that is more of what, when I get to write it, I get, I, I, I enjoy it a lot. More. Um, looking at, um, the writing part at what point in your brain, which, I know I'm going to regret asking this part because I'm Ask asking it. to you to go inside your head. I'm spread eagle waiting for the uh, question. Um, at what point does your brain say, you know what? I'm going to take off all my clothes at the end of the stand-up and tuck, yeah. my, tuck my pecker between my legs you and know, stand there in front of a crowd of people, and this is a great idea. I'll be honest with you. It wasn't the first time I've done it. A, I, B, now it happens upon request constantly and if i I don't get naked and i'm like doing mediocre on stage the crowd starts chanting and shouting for me to reveal myself what's up are you going to drive yourself yeah i'm taking care of it now (laughs) i I was gonna do a car this is uh this is real life man working from home during covid this is real life (laughs) working from home that was the postmates guy if you can believe the Postmates guy. <laughs> <laughs> I gave him a thumbs down and he circled around and he came back to <laughs> light my ass up. Jason Manalis has a couple of questions for you, Eric, because uh, he's a big fan and he loves, Jason, this, I'm, he loves I'm the stuff you do. Red Eagle waiting for your question. Yeah, for sure, man. Um, you, look, you look like you're working at Best Buy right now, like you're in the geek squad. Right? <laughs> First of all, that screen. Jason gets his haircut three times a week, so he gets the fade real nice. It Can you just do me a favor and... Beautiful. 
You look yeah. handsome. I like give him the compliment. The fade he... right there. So I like the fade. Yeah. I like the glasses. <laughs> I like the car that you ripped out of a Honda or something. It's a Veloster, Hyundai Veloster, <laughs> actually. Seat. It is. Yeah, it is a Veloster N. Um, so it's the top line model of that. Uh, of that base. <laughs> really, I like all the blazers you have proudly on display. Uh, I like rate the room. The rate the room Eric. from the 1920s. The fan. The pictures of your childhood or the pictures of random children that you worship yeah it's a it's a <laughs> um it's a middle class room average middle class room for someone that's 20 only 25 years old so uh there you go <laughs> doing great um so um you've uh you've said look before hot. you look hot oh, thanks, you look, man. thanks. You look gorgeous oh thanks man okay. shane also also like loves to compliment on my looks my nickname sunshine on the show shane looks like shane looks like steve zissou right now that's kind of what he's <laughs> well i'm working on the santa <laughs> trying to get to the santa uh, so uh so eric you, you've said before that uh you prefer it when uh when guests um are not expecting uh when you do your stuff on the show but has there ever been a time where where guests have surprised you on the show you know dennis rodman i asked him if he ever has kissed a dead girl and he said yes whoa and i was like at the funeral and he went Oh, <laughs> which is um uh, insane. <laughs> so I was like, "Huh, who's pranking who here?" <laughs> yeah. oh, Can I undo that question? Because that's something yeah. that you can't unsee. Yes, yes, it was a it was a definitely unhear, unsee kind of feeling. That, that that's awesome. Like, yeah, the Dennis Rodman's a character for sure. Um, so I I got to ask this. What was harder to eat, your own vo- your own vomit or the hottest hot wing on Hot Ones? Hottest hot wing, for sure. Really? Your own vomit, you already ate that stuff. You're just re-entering <laughs> the poison into your body. The hottest hot sauce, the bomb it's called. That's the hottest hot sauce. It, it, it only, its only point is to bring you to your knees. Sambuca vomit works really much better than all other vomit. Like if you've had a night of Sambuca. Wow, that's a very specific vomit. Uh, well, you know, I mean, if ever you have a little burf, like a, uh, and it's a Sambuca burf. Have you, you been know? partying with Greek grandmothers around Christmas? I'm just telling you. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of like Sambuca as like gold schlagery as it is. <laughs> I like it in a weird way. It's a good digestif. <laughs> um so so the show was filmed um uh, or the show was shot like in an hour and a half and you just you basically just uh pick uh the best parts has there ever been a time where like a guest has like called it well the quick? show is not shot in an hour and a half the show is shot over like two months oh sorry like the one episode sorry is, is shot in uh, not even one episode one interview is shot for an hour and a half oh yeah really? well has there, has there ever been a time, has there ever been a time in that time frame where like a guest has just called it quits in the middle yeah lauren conrad i mean speaking of eating vomit lauren conrad did when i ate my vomit ti did this season uh robin givens was a close walk it, like she didn't walk but she sauntered towards the exit <laughs> does that does that kill the mojo for you when you're no, you know you've no, gone no. There? i think like if somebody's being emotive the only the only thing that kills the mojo if somebody's not having an emotive reaction yeah you know, if they're very kind of like checked out or well so a big part of what you do is that self-expression thing right like it's kind of who you are it's like yeah i want to do this now ah yes so so it must be interesting when you create and try to write the show when you look at that and say well 
you know, I guess he just, he or she just did exactly what they were going to do. That's a human in the corner doesn't doing what a human does. So I guess that's where we go. You can't really be attached to the outcome, can you? You can't be attached to the outcome. It has to be spontaneous. You're trying to capture, you're trying to create and capture spontaneity. I think yeah. that is a good, that is a good point. It's hard to plan spontaneity. Yes. The best things in life are not planned. Like, like much like Jason's pregnant girlfriend. Congratulations. You, congratulations. Jason. We broke it here on the show. Congratulations, Eric Sabrina. Andre. She is now we pregnant. We should probably tell Sabrina. Yeah, probably. She doesn't even know. That's a crazy thing. It's like, <laughs> I found that first. It's, what you, it's amazing what you could do in the backseat of a Veloster. Right. Um, <laughs> Eric knew before I knew. <laughs> Ooh, but just, well, you know what we'll put the ultrasound up real quick in the corner can we just edit that in there <laughs> we'll edit that in yes um the uh i want to acknowledge before we uh before we uh, let you go here because we do have a time limit we'd keep you forever um uh your people's time limit not ours just to be clear um i got but, all the time in the world let's cancel the rest of the interviews done the rest of the day hours um you know what the reality for me that we always do on the show here eric is that I just acknowledge the work, right? The self-expression, I think you really lead a good example. Uh, I know that most people are going to say, hey, when you talk about drugs, you're a good example. Um, but you do, man. You live into it. And your energy on stage is contagious. Um, and it's it's awesome. And the fact that you just do your shows completely so – like shock value, shock value, that's fun. But that you do live it self-expressed, brother. And I just wanted to let you know that I think that's the best thing that we all can do. And, thanks, and just say thanks for doing that. It's wicked. I, I really appreciate that, man. It's a, a sweet thing to say. Thank you. Yeah. What can we look forward to coming up with Eric Andre um, with the show uh, and all the new things on the, on, on the way? Uh, what specifically? Yeah, just season five of the show. I think this is the best season of the show yet. I think we really got to dial it in. So I'm really excited mm. to share these ten episodes with the world. Yeah, and like you said, with season one, there's more than nine people in the audience now, which is cool. When you <laughs> yes, yes. Now there's like ten, eleven people in the audience. And if your mom comes, twelve. Twelve. <laughs> that's right. And then nine months from now, when Jason's child comes, thirteen. Yeah. There we go. I'm, I'm Congratulations. <laughs> um, Jason's new baby will be named Eric. That's right. <laughs> Eric Nanaios. <laughs> that's pretty good. That, that, that's actually closer than what Shane got the first time when he tried to pronounce my name on the show. I call him Jason Momoa. So <laughs> it's very similar. The farthest thing from Jason Momoa. Oh, <laughs> uh, Eric, thanks so much for spending some time with us, man. Hey, I appreciate it. Love it. Thanks for having me. Come back again soon, all right? Sounds good. Thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. Ta-ta for now. Eric Andre, 2020 Adult Swim Festival. Uh, it's an online virtual global festival. Two days, November 13th and 14th on Adult Swim's YouTube channel. You can catch the Eric Andre show on Adult Swim regularly and reruns and such. But this is free. Two days, full-on comedy, music, mayhem. Uh, really looks cool and looking forward to it. Rick and Morty, Eric Andre. Uh, the list goes on and on and on. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Tune into the show online or on the radio.